0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's sports media PM with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip.
1: And welcome back to the podcast, as I uh, mentioned in the opening. Very apropos to have uh, Sean Devaney on today, because I spent uh, the first part of the show, Sean, talking about this uh, Washington Post-Adam Schefter story. I don't know if you've read it today, but that very interesting feature about the whole insider culture and how it all goes. They call him a cyborg, and it certainly seems like he is, given that he doesn't appear to ever sleep, you know? <laughs> but,
0: uh, that's, that's that's true, and, and uh, you know, we've got a couple of those in the NBA as well. It's been interesting to see how... Uh, that part of the reporting culture has developed over the years here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Sean Devaney, great to have you on, man. You can read him at heavy.com. He's been covering the Celtics and the NBA for years. And, yeah, I mean, I said you're a great guy to have on for this conversation because, you know, you first started on the NBA beat. I don't want to age you, but early 2000s, right? Um, I was 14, yes. prodigy. I love that. I can appreciate that. Um, so been at this for a while, and you know something I've noticed is, you know, covering the Celtics, you know, for several years that I have, the the free agency stuff really seems to almost always, outside of like a finals run, generate more interest than the games themselves. And I think social media has a lot to do with that. All the rumors, the content has a lot to do with that. I'm just curious if that's your read on
0: it, and if you think that. The popularity of free agency has grown over the years. Oh, there's no question that that you know when you go back to um, you know 2002, okay. 2003 around there, um, you know you would get obviously some of the big guys who would be covered, uh, but you really didn't have sort of the 24 seven uh you know, really pulling apart of uh, of each of these potential transactions. And uh, you know, nobody knew what a traded player exception was or anything. But now it is it, it it's very much if you're a fan um, you, you know, it's 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 almost uh, uh, imperative <laughs> that you know exactly uh, you know how much cap space your team has and 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 how salary matching works in the NBA. Uh, it's pretty remarkable, you know. I mean, that was stuff I when I first started in the job. I had to study uh, the NBA. Had people. Uh, so, sort of on hand, Joel Litvin was one uh, uh, who you could kind of call up and ask these questions to. Now you're expected to just know it. You're expected to know the ins and sometimes there's, um, you know, general managers will call reporters for ideas on, on things that they can do with the salary cap. That's how that's how things have changed. So it's 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 obviously it's gotten a lot more complicated, but it's also gotten a lot more. Um, it's it, it's generated a lot more interest, and and, and there's no question about that.
1: Yeah. And they're specialists. I mean, there are people who pretty much solely report on and analyze the salary cap.
0: Yeah, you know Danny Larue for, for, for the Athletic, uh, you know uh, somebody I've known for a while. Uh, you know he really uh, made his bones on that. Um, you know it, it, you see that with the draft too, right? I mean, you know people who really just focus on the draft and just focus on uh, on uh, players coming in uh, and uh, and and how they fit and and you know once the draft is over they start on next year's draft. You know they don't really they don't really follow the players once they're in the NBA. Uh, so you see that a lot. Um, you know. But but definitely sort of the, the, the capology stuff, you know, uh, I mentioned Danny, uh, uh, Keith Smith for Spot Track does a lot of that uh, as well and, and is very, very knowledgeable on that. So, uh, yeah, you do have people now who who kind of just break down what the contracts are and what they look like and, uh, you know, who's got a trade kicker and things like that. Again, like that wasn't stuff that that, that we were doing uh, 10, 15 years ago. No, no question. Yeah. And, you know, to bring it back to Schefter, I
1: remember reading a profile on him a couple of years ago where I think he said he doesn't go to the only NFL game that he ever attends in person each year is the Super Bowl. And you would say, like, at first, like, that's crazy. This guy's the lead NFL reporter and never goes to a game is never in the locker room, but he doesn't need to be in a locker room. He talks to agents. And it's just I think that's a great illustration of really how the business has
0: changed. Yeah, right. and, and I think in his, uh, you know, that that's true. And I think in his defense, you know, um, I, I covered a little bit NFL, um, and and every time I went, I, I I remember doing a story in Denver when he was with the Denver Post, and he was all over that team. Right. So you know he kind of he, he definitely definitely uh, paid his dues and that sort of stuff. And I think you've got to do that. I think you do need to uh, you know be around a team and understand sort of those inner workings uh, before you step back and do sort of the uh, you know the, the the calling of agents and and not really going to games. Um, you know I think in the NBA it's a little different. You know there are so many people who are at the games and and it's a little more accessible uh, than at the NFL, you know, you can't really grab an assistant coach at a, uh, at an NFL game, the way you can, uh, or scout at uh, the way you can at an NBA game. So, uh, you know, I think it's, there's, there's definitely uh, a a lot more use in being at the games. If you're, if you're covering the NBA, than if you're covering uh, uh, the NFL.
1: And the NBA is so interesting. I mean, the NFL is like this too, because the players are such stars, but I feel like the NBA takes us to another level where, you know, Draymond Green having a podcast in real time and you got his blow by blow recorded after each finals game and you see it happening all the time in free agency. Like even Jalen Brown likes a tweet about him, you know, being disrespected by the Celtics and it sets off a news cycle for two weeks. Um, That to me is just such a unique aspect where the players are not just reported on, they are active participants in the story themselves and are commenting on the stories themselves in real time. It's it's really, you know, it's not that even like, I mean, social media, it's such an old story at this point. But, you know, this specific component of it, like a player like Draymond hosting his own podcast while he's playing, recording it immediately after final games, I feel like even like five years ago, that would have been kind of hard to conceptualize. And now that really is the norm across the world.
0: Yeah. That's a, and I think Kevin Durant is a good example of that of somebody who uh, you know probably does a little too much on social media uh, more than his team would like. But uh, uh, you know, I remember writing a story about Kevin Durant when he was a rookie. We were doing a, a package, sort of, on losing, and and you know he was a guy who had won so many games and and had always been successful, uh, but he comes in with the Sonics, uh, and and they're just getting crushed. I mean, you know, he's losing pretty much. I think they went twenty and sixty-two. Um, so just we 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 did a story about you know what his view of that was, you know, and and in terms of um, in terms of dealing with losing. Uh, he didn't like the story in the end. <laughs> he did. He, he was an active participant. We 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 you know went back and forth on a lot of stuff in the in the end. And the way I found out he didn't like the story is like their PR person called our PR person, right. and it, it went down like several chains before it right. finally got back to me. And I wound up talking to him about it. But uh, you know, point being that you know now he just he just pops on social media and says it. You know, there used to be this whole chain of things. And and this was you know this was his rookie year. So uh, you know we're talking fifteen. years years ago which seems like a lot but it's really not but but that's that that's how drastically things have changed yeah and I would quote tweet you yes exactly right right and say I never said that and not have to go through the whole thing (laughs) of, you know well here's the tape and here's it blah 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 but uh uh but yeah you know it's 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 much much different now that makes me see old days when they
1: would just have the dreaded PR call I mean that's now it's like a public flagging almost yeah, right,
0: right. At least the PR people would kind of, you know, be a, a little bit of a go-between there. Now it's just uh it's just all out there right away. And speaking of Durant, you know, like I saw this
1: unfold a couple of weeks ago, and I'm very curious to get your take on this. So I think it was the day before free agency, so I guess June 30th, right? Yeah, June 30th, right? We get the report from Shams. Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn, then Woj follows a minute later, same report, and then follows up like a minute after that with here are the, you know, three teams that Durant, you know, wants to be traded to, you know, th- those, these are his preferences. And it seems like, I mean, obviously this stuff didn't come about in five minutes. I'm just curious, like, how does that timeline works so, where Durant and the Nets are in discussions about this? And then like, it's like Shams tweets one thing and bam, the floodgates are open. And now everybody who's even, you know, nominally linked to the NBA is tweeting a Durant scoop or rumor. Like, how does that timeline work?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it all depends on 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 how they want it to work, you know. So uh, that that no question came from uh, the agent. Uh, the, the Nets really didn't even know about this, you know. The, the Nets found out about mm-hmm. it when we all found out about it, which is one thing that, uh, that 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 angered a lot of people in that front office. That uh, you know, to be blindsided that way, you can understand that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, so this was something that, that Rich Kleiman, the agent uh, for for Kevin Durant, um, you know, had worked out. You know, we're going to do this just before the start of free agency. That'll give them some time to, uh, um, you know, as they're putting together free agency plans, they'll be able to, uh, to to factor that in. And other teams will be able to factor that in. I think what they didn't factor in was how difficult it was going to be to actually pull off a Kevin Durant trade, uh, that there aren't that many teams that really have the assets, and, 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 and that's what we're learning. Learning now but the initial the initial timing that all came from the agent that all came from durant's camp
1: seems like it comes from the agent more times than not with these things
0: yeah yeah no question the big the, the big stuff like that uh for sure um you know the thing that that happens a lot of times is you'll talk to uh you'll be talking to a general manager say hey you know i i heard so and so uh, and this and that, you know, you, you kind of get like a tip, uh, and then you go and you check with the agent because that's the person who, uh, who really knows. So that's, that's sort of, uh, uh you know, how a lot of this goes. You, 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 first talk to, uh, to somebody who says, Hey, I heard su- such and such. And that's then, then you got to go out and see if, uh, uh, if you can get a confirmation that usually, uh, you'll turn to agents for that.
1: All right, Sean, the rest of this uh, summer here, free agency, I obviously you're looking at Durant the rest of the way. How does that end, do you think? And also, what's the other big story that you're most interested in following
0: and reporting on? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the one is Kevin Durant, and then the 1A is, is, is of course, Kyrie Irving. Uh, what happens with him? Uh, and, you know, does he wind up with the Lakers, as it seems like uh, most people in L.A. seem to want at least – the most important one. And that's LeBron James. So uh, and and then you, you turn that story into, OK, well, then how does uh, uh, LeBron is able to sign uh, an extension? Will he sign an extension uh, if they don't sign if they don't get Kyrie Irving? Is that going to affect how how he approaches things? So, uh, you know, to me, the the, the Kyrie Lakers thing uh, is, uh, is is probably as important a storyline uh, as what happens with Kevin Durant.
1: Hmm. And I'm sure he'll give us amazing quotes to just fester to just ponder. Oh, on yeah, I either. cannot wait. What can we learn next from this amazing intellect? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Sean, always great catching up with you, man. That's Sean Debony. You can follow him on heavy.com, Twitter, all that. Thanks, Sean. Always appreciated.
0: Thank you, Alex.